Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygraniteandmarble.co.uk, quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Welcome to the Iron Brew podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Ellis, unfortunately no Matt Blanchard on this one, but Matt Holt is going to step in for him. So Matt, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me back on, gents. No, not at all. Uh, right, we have actually got quite a bit to discuss on this one, and the first is quite a significant thing that will impact Scunthorpe in the coming weeks, and that is, of course, the EFL Rescue Package. Now, this was announced on, I think it was Thursday, wasn't it? Because we were recording our midweek one, and we thought, well, not talk about this now, because we're probably going to get a few more developments throughout the week. Um, so we've had a look at it, and you know, just reading off BBC Sport to start with, um, it's that £50 million grant that was talked about previously. It's a grant, obviously, for Leeds 1 and 2, not alone, which is the, for the championship. That's obviously a different set of regulations. doesn't really affect us. Um, it's broken down and it, it's split into a 30 million part and a 20 million part. And this 30 million part is obviously divided between Leagues 1 and 2. Leagues 1 clubs getting a minimum of 375,000 and League 2 clubs a minimum of 250,000. And then there's also 50 million within that, 15 million within that, sorry, on lost gate revenue share. Um, and then there's a, another section, which is this 20 million pounds uh, part of the deal. And that is uh, a monitored grant wherein clubs apply to to the EFL, I guess, and to the Premier League panel that are sort of supporting this uh, on a on a needs basis, basically. So, you know, if they think they need the extra money, they apply for a percentage of this 20 million grants. Uh, they then, the panel is judges that and see whether they're eligible or not. But that comes with a whole host of restrictions as we can get into. Um, there's obviously further things that we can discuss about this, but uh, and what were your initial reactions when this was announced on Thursday? Well, I think it's it's about time they finally come up with something because the the kind of period of if uncertainty is is being pretty crippling for clubs, and I know they've been asking for you know tell us what's going to happen. I think Swan's been saying that quite a lot, but I don't think he's going to be very happy about it given the fact that he said we're losing about two hundred grand a month. So I don't know how much difference this is going to make initially, and I think he went on to say that at the minute the grant as it is or what the rescue package will probably keep us sort of alive until February but after that we're going to run out of money which is obviously rather concerning and and that's obviously going to hamper what the club can do in January as well which is also something that needs addressing uh, pretty you know urgently given the contract situation which I know we're going to talk about later in the episode because it's you know it's it's quite um, well it's terrifying to be quite honest Um, so for probably at the minute not enough but I think that the sort of amount of certainty that the final commitment of this got going on means the clubs can prepare for sort of like next year um so it's, it's about time but it's probably going to fall short of, of what a lot of clubs needed well i think that's a common thing because there's obviously been interviews with 
various chairmen, obviously, like you say, Peter Swan's had some comments there. I think that was in The Athletic. Um, Scunthorpe Telegraph and I, th- I assume Humberside as well have been talking to Grimsley Town's chairman. He's one that, uh, you know, is not happy really with the way that this has been done. He seems to suggest that clubs were not consulted about this and the EFL have just sort of done this deal. Uh, and he was also saying that um, the, that whole part of the 30 million where there's that remaining 15 million on lost gate receipts, that's where the most of this was meant to come in and that those models have been in place for a while. They've had all that data. They should know, you know how much each club should get because it's easy to calculate because they've had all the information and yet that figure's not been released to clubs yet and they're saying that's going to be announced within the coming weeks. So I think if that sort of stands for, that stands for Grimsby and of course, Peter Swan's comments seem to echo that as well. It suggests that clubs might not necessarily be quite happy with this. Yeah, it seems like it's it's just like what Matt's just touched on there. It's taken so long um, in order for everybody to gather this information uh, and to, to let everybody know what what the situation is. I understand it's, it's a torrid time for all clubs up and down the country um, and it's hard to calculate based on um, different figures of clubs. You know, that everybody's ran differently and, and owners' finances are uh, thrown into there, but nobody knows really x y um from z with, with who's getting what and, and how it's distributed down and I, I from what i've read um it seems like clubs uh, are saying that um it has taken so long and that the opinion is very split on it um it can go it's, it's either way but you, you look for scunthorpe and the, like matt's just said the amount of money that that we're losing even though you would say the um the gates that we're getting do keep us uh, going for there but um yeah, it's, it's, a diff- it's a difficult one for, for all clubs, of course, and, uh, and understandably. So hopefully um, there's a resolution um, quickly to it and, and then we can move forward now. There is a uh, crowd slowly getting back into, into football grounds, which is a, a really nice thing to see this weekend. Mm, definitely. Um, I think if you're staying with the Grimsby Town side of it for a minute, another thing that he was criticising was the fact that this 20 million part of it that you apply to as a grant, it's, it seems to favour clubs that, you know, weren't well run before. His argument was basically that if you have, you know, if your club before COVID and lockdown was well run, then potentially you're probably not going to need that extra money or you're not going to be given it even if you were, you know, you apply to it. Whereas clubs that are, need it more are the ones that were not well run. So, you know, that, that is, that I can certainly see that side of it. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and, and Swan's, you know, quite keen to put us forward as a, as a, as a well-run club. So, um, you know, I'm sure that'll cause a little bit of a conflict of, of how he wants to move forward with that, really. But, it, you know, it's not like everything that comes out of the AFL. It's never quite quite right, is it? And, and the fact that it's taken this long is, is obviously being frustrating to clubs. And then it's obviously fallen short and frustrated a lot as well. Um, I know quite a few voted against it when they had the, the vote on it. So, it, it, I mean, I suppose, in a way, it brings some sort of certainty so that's a plus but it's, it's still gonna be difficult to clubs to kind of come back from this um you know especially when when fans although they are in in small numbers as you said Matt going back into the grounds I think that you know this this and coupled with maybe fans coming back into the grounds on a, on a larger scale will probably save a lot of clubs but mm. it depends at what point that is and at the minute there's no kind of indication to say that it's going to happen on, on a large scale because it's only only for clubs that, that obviously are in uh, tier two and there's not that many is it and most, most of them are in tier three at the minute um so they're still going to be waiting for that and like you say you know there's there's all sorts of caveats that come with this as well i think the first thing is the positive that it is is a grant rather than a loan which was the championships are dealing with because that's was something that was said you know a few months back is that it, it needs to be a grant basically doesn't it but also like we say there are conditions and things like that so if you're a club that apply for this 
20 million part of it and you know you get a percentage of that there's then a whole host of other things you have to buy by and it, it sort of affects transfers as well like the amount that you're allowed to spend on fees and things like that i think it's basically so that you know a club basically say oh we need this extra money they go through all the panel they get given it and then they go and just buy you know like a decent striker with it i think it's to stop that i guess but you know if if you then basically a club that needs a bit of extra money you you basically apply to it you get approved that then could hamper you down the line certainly in the next transfer window it affects you and then potentially going forward as well you know you just i you know there's i think there's quite a lot here that you know for certainly for clubs to think about whether it's worth applying or not yeah definitely it's good it, it'll be um, interesting to see how clubs have their own take on it and, and how they approach the these grants especially uh, and with the uh, with the covid vaccine fast approaching they're saying that it's going to be rolled out um, in some places as soon as next week does this mean that you know this tier system that we're saying the amount that you're letting into fans therefore are going to change so then we are expected to get people in through the gowns. There's, uh, there's so many factors that, that can affect this, you know, and, and it, it, although it's nice to have, you know, a little bit of clarity and something being done and, and being said about it, it still feels like there's, there's so much that we, more we need to know about it. With, with, like you said, with Swan saying that it's only going to get us so far. So, so how does that affect us as a club and, and where do we go moving forward? It must be frustrating for, for Swan not knowing whether he's coming or going and he's not getting um, information leaked down from him from, um, from the higher, uh, from the EFL and the, and the board that you've said which are helping out so yeah it's it's nice to have it like i say but um and hopefully some more clarity can be shown on it in in the next few weeks well i say it is early days and it? it was only announced maybe two or three days ago as we're recording this so it will obviously be something that develops and more clubs will comment on in the coming weeks and um, right shall we go to the match then because i think another great win wasn't it and it's another decent performance i think it was probably not as good as the tuesday one but certainly solid enough and got the job done um so late in orient's decent side they're in the playoff position you know expecting it to be a tough game I think it was at the start which obviously we can come into but let's just talk about um, the lineup obviously it was unchanged from the win on Tuesday which is great obviously we didn't know if certain players would make it there was talk about Spence and Beeston perhaps they might need to be rested at some stage Clark was obviously subbed off in the Harrogate game but was made it here and made 90 minutes, which was great to see. But how important was it that we went in with an unchanged side after that such a great win on Tuesday into the Orient game? Well, I think that's sort of what we, we, we asked for, what we expected, um, and, and kind of what we said before the game in, in the pre-match podcast, that uh, it was important <clears throat> to try and keep the same team given the this kind of magnitude of the result um, against Harrogate, and, and that's what we did. And, and I think that the, the players seem to be fit enough. They, I think, they looked a bit leggy for the first like, 10, 15 minutes. I think Cox admitted that in the post-match interview. Um, but I think we, we grew into the game a, a bit, uh, sort of like really well, obviously, and, and, and kind of well, at the end got a really good result. And I think it was important for the first sort of 15, 20 minutes just not to concede. And I know we did nearly concede, obviously, the penalty, which you know, is a bit soft to me. It's, it's a, good, a few good saves from Howard, actually. And the defence defended really well. Um, and we looked pretty solid, to be quite honest. And given, you know, Orient was six, I think, at the start of play, um, <clears throat> they looked a good team. You could see they were a good team. They passed it around. They, they were patient. They they didn't rush into it or anything like that. But I thought that they kind of lacked a cutting edge, really. I know we got a little bit of luck because they had that ricochet off the post and that could have gone either side and we could have been one down. But I think you need a bit of luck, don't you? Um, and it's, you make your own luck, in a sense, as well, because there was a few really good saves from Howard who, who had another excellent game um, and another clean sheet. 
But yeah, I think as you said, it was important to keep the team together, and, and we we saw the, the the kind of the spine of the team again. We'll probably see that in a few weeks and see how Cox has to change that because of fitness. But it was there again against um, Ori, and, and and it won us the game really because we were solid at the back. Um, you know, it, it was difficult to say he was man of the match really, but Howard was definitely a contender for his performance, and and obviously Beeston and, and Spence in the centre were exceptional again, and it, and it gives you such a good base to kind of play from and we hit Orient on the break at times because they had much more possession than we did but we we got the goals we needed and, and we defended well enough to win the game and uh, to be honest it was well deserved yeah yeah and um it's, it's so nice um from from us saying all these you know having a negative feel around um from when we started the season with us um you know leaking goals left right and center these individual hours it's just nice to see you know a team performance where you can really see now that there's a, a real good camaraderie and a spirit um you know bonding together this team you know putting putting on the shirt and it, it, it's nice to have these experienced um heads back in there I thought Clark was <laughs> was good again but then on the other hand O'Malley an honourable mention of course was was fantastic yesterday um I know Matt said there Howard was uh pulled off some fantastic saves and yeah like like you said for those those first 15-20 minutes I thought which way could this go uh, of course the penalty did help but Leighton Orient showed why they are a side which which are up and around there in that, that top seven but it was our game management again how we you know when we we have those periods where we know teams are going to come on to us and are going to try and force something and uh, and we just sat in well and, and defended resolutely and, and managed to grab that second call to kill off the game and a, a, a real good solid team performance uh, mixed in with with some real good uh, individual ones as well so um, nice to see that we you know we're, we're turning this around a little bit now and um, only ways up hopefully fingers crossed well, I think we probably have turned it around because it's like we've, we've had some real comfortable wins. We've had wins where we've done it in style. That was at Harrogate. I think just beating a team like Leighton Orient, who, as, as we've said already, you know, they're, they're, they're up there, aren't they? They're certainly up there now. Whether they will be come the end of the season, I don't know. But they're a good side, they're a strong side. And like you say, it's not pretty. And I think some Leighton Orient fans were, were saying to that effect that, you know, we're one of the worst sides that we've played this season. But, you know, in the end, we got the job done, didn't we? And actually, we played some decent stuff at times. And it's, as, as you're saying, Matt, there, there seems to be a much better attitude now around the, the club, much better atmosphere as well. It does genuinely feel like a team now, whereas it hasn't done for quite a while, I think. And, you know, that this is all the things that Neil Cox was saying in, in the summer when he first came in that he wanted to try and do. And I think it's great now that we are seeing that because I, I don't know about you guys, but before games now... And even this is even from the last, I don't know, two or three weeks, just playing teams like Leighton Orient, they're even up there. I, just, I feel like we can genuinely beat them. And this it's what we've been saying, isn't it? On paper, we've got a team that can be pretty good in this league. And I think it's great that now we're, we're finally starting to see that. I think you're right. I think Cox came in, didn't he? He said this is this is what he wants to do, and and this is how he wants to do it. And he was sort of hampered, and it was made really difficult for him at the start of the season with the with the, in, the key injuries to you know players like Clark and, and Onorise, and and of course we didn't have a proper goalkeeper, did we? And um, you know things like that. But also then COVID came in, and it kind of wiped out a big big section of the squad and then you've those players have obviously got isolated which means they can't train them which means then it takes them a, you know further time to get back to fitness so it was a really really difficult start to the season and given that you know he's a relatively inexperienced manager coming in and having all that to deal with he wouldn't have expected that in the first instance would he and then obviously you know most of the signings when he came into the club were made for him you know uh, <laughs> Players like Mooney and and, and Jarvis etc already here, and this is this is like well this is what you've got to work with. So I think he's 
he's had to push quite hard to try and bring a few players in, which have kind of helped steady the ship. And and that's happened. Obviously, you know, Howard's come in, that's happened. It's, it's it helps steady the ship at the back. But um, players like Honorise and Magai coming back, Clark coming back, bringing Brown in definitely helped. It's unfortunate he's injured now, but I mean, it was definitely something that helped initially. Um, and then sort of finding out your best 11 which he didn't know for a while did he? he didn't know his best formation either but I think that given that we had so many injuries and so many players out due to the COVID outbreak it was difficult for him to field his best team and even if he did he wouldn't field them for more than one game because players get injured obviously Kev got injured Clark kind of came in and then disappeared again didn't he so it was difficult for him to build any kind of momentum any kind of consistency and it was all about you know once he finally got the players he wanted in the team he wanted in the formation he wanted onto the pitch then it was time for him to get the results because I think if he didn't at that point his job probably would have been at risk but I think that you know he got it right just at the right time and we've now sort of managed to build that bit of momentum and I think that you know we, we need to give credit to Cox really it's, it's not an easy thing he's done it's not an easy thing he's worked through and he's, he's turned it around really and in, in well quite dramatic fashion um so i think for a relatively inexperienced manager i think that you know he deserves massive credit i mean absolutely and also the fact mm. that it's a willingness to change isn't it you know he's tried various mm. formations i mean even recently like bolton that didn't work he's gone back to a 442 that does work and whereas we've had managers previously that you know, they, they think they've got the idea of which way it's going to go. It, it doesn't necessarily work out, but then they'll persist with it in, you know, in the hope that it will change. But it obviously doesn't. And But I think it, that's a big part of the praise, I think, that goes to Cox is the fact that, you know, he's, he's de- obviously, as you say, he's dealing with a lot of issues at the minute, but he's not stuck in his way and he will, you know, alter things to try and get the best result for this team. Well, I think you, you get that from a, a relatively sort of rookie manager don't you they're, they're, they're willing to try different things and they want to you know impress and get the points on the board and that's me that meant he has to be flexible I mean I suppose it's one of the advantages of bringing somebody you know kind of like that in rather than you know having somebody in McC- like, like McCall who just refuses to change anything and look at what he's doing to Brighton well in it yeah <laughs> they've dropped into the relegation zone so um you know and well, Christ they just offered him a new contract what the hell anyway but you know quite bizarre but I mean so you know, it's it's nice to see that, and and he'll he'll admit when he's been wrong, and and he'll admit when players aren't performing and, and doing what he's asking him to do. And let's remember, I think a few weeks back when we were really struggling, I think that there was like a kind of a small scale dressing room revolt because a lot of the players refused to do what he was saying. I remember him saying, you know, all the Molder refused to play how he wanted them to. I think McAtee wasn't interested in his instructions. There would have been a few more in there. So to go from that point where you're starting to lose the dressing room, which was well documented, by the way. Um, to where we are now is is you know is, is an incredible turnaround and I think you know it's something that we have to admire really and, and and now I think you know the manager's proven that he can do it so he he now deserves if he didn't have it before because we were a little bit unsure of what to expect he, he now deserves like the full backing of, of the fan base which I'm sure he's, he's he's starting to get now um and and why not because the points are on the board um the results are coming in and and the players are playing for the manager and and you know at times we're playing some good football look at the goal yesterday the first goal you know great play really nice ball out wide whip crossing and you know a, a bullet header from from a striker when's the last time you saw anybody do with that for us so that you know that's the kind of football we want to play and at the same time we're able to defend which is something we couldn't do earlier in the season so it's it's, it's quite remarkable to be to be honest and 
you know, hopefully we, we get a bit of luck with the injuries and the COVID situation and we, we can manage to keep this team together for the, you know, for the, for the time being and, and continue the results because we've got a couple of very winnable games coming up. We've got Colchester at home on Tuesday, haven't we? We should, you know, that's very, very winnable. It sounded like even though Grimsby lost to him um, on Saturday, Grimsby battered him um, and we know how bad Grimsby are. And uh, then we've got Southend and, you know, Southend have got five points. So it's another two games that we should be looking to win and let's hope the momentum is there and let's hope that the fitness is there to keep the team together and that will be the, the biggest sort of difficulty that Cox will face in the next two games is, is, is who to keep on because he's, he's got to be wearing fitness and with so many games coming up up to Christmas it's, it's a very tight schedule he's, he's you know it's, it's going to be a bit of a juggling act so this is his next test if you like he's, he's got us back on on course now to maintain that is, is just as difficult. Well let's get into the specifics of the game then as we say there was it was quite difficult for the first 20 minutes and it you know, as we've already mentioned the penalties, let's just have a little look at that. It's early on, isn't it? It's like five or six minutes in. It's from the corner. It's, it's whipped in. It, it, I think it does hit Loft's arm, but he's, he's not raised his arm to it or anything. I think it is a soft penalty, but, you know, I can see why it was given. But you compare this to, I don't know, we, we've had, there was that spell where we were giving penalties away pretty much every game. And that was early on, wasn't it? I think there was a game on a Tuesday night. I can't think who it was. It might've been maybe Cheltenham, was it? I can't remember, but we gave, we yeah. lost one nil, wasn't it? And that was a penalty early on. And it, you know, it is again, it's a bit of luck. It was a soft penalty. It was, it was poorly taken, but a, a bit of luck to the save. Howard goes the right, right way. He gets it with his shins. Uh, and it's just, it's a little boost. I mean, obviously Orient, they, they kept up, bit of pressure there was a couple of chances as you mentioned they, they hit the post that could have gone either way um but you know we did we defended well and obviously again good for Howard to get that save it's great you don't necessarily expect keepers to save the penalties do you so I guess that would have given them a little bit of confidence and then once that pressure eased after about 20 minutes I think we really stepped up and then you know I think certainly matched them and I think as you said earlier on Matt where Orient looked pretty strong and well organized you know, for the first 20, as we got into the game a bit, I think we frustrated them and I think they started dropping off. And there was times where they didn't really know what what was going on and they got a little bit frustrated. Some of the challenges were, you know, a little bit reckless all throughout the game and certainly towards the end of the second half as well. I think one of the most um, impressive t- things now um, about this team is the, the centre-back um, and pairing. I, I, I go back to when, you know, we had Tyler Cordner in there. Mm. Um, I know obviously we had injuries coming in and going, but just that pair of um, Honor Isaiah and uh, Magai just seems to be working really well at the moment. It's, it's fantastic to see, you know, two of them uh, relatively young, but but then, like you say, they have got some experience in the game. They've got a little bit of know-how and they just seem to, to command that back line well and we just seem to have to shored up uh, a lot. We, we look a, a lot better um, just there with, like you say, with cutting out those um, defensive errors and then moving forward with the full-backs, you know, uh, the way O'Malley can carry himself. You know, we saw that fantastically on Tuesday night uh, against Harriet with some of this overlapping and again a little bit um, yesterday with linking up with Issa, which is something, I, like I tweeted about yesterday, was something I'm really excited to see you know potentially develop O'Malley for me will, will keep his shirt and that back line should, should stay the same obviously providing Jordan Clark can, can keep himself fit for a, an extended amount of time but it's just nice that you know we, we were unchanged yesterday we can keep some continuity in that side you know you, you play well you keep your shirt um, and, 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 and the more impressive thing for me which um, which we'll touch on, I'm sure, which is we're scoring goals without Van Veen, which is something mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of us um, fans are worried about. I go back to the Bolton game where we look really, you know, out of ideas and, and not really much going on. You know, Loft, yeah, he's, he's trying to get that 
this, but like Tom Newey says every week on uh, when he commentates the game, he is feeding off scraps at times. You know, it's hard for him to, to get into the game where he's not really got much going on around him. So, you know, for us to score two, you know, really good, solid goals yesterday uh, and to not be so reliant on just one player um, at the top of the pitch is, um, is something which should be, you know, be applauded. And uh, it's good that, you know, they're coming from all sorts of different ranges of, uh, of the game now. You know, players linking in to each other. Uh, I know McAtee didn't play fantastic yesterday, but good to see him, you know, getting in, starting to, to revel in that form, which we know he can do. He's a fantastic player on his day. Um, but yeah, just just really good that, you know, we've got solid foundations now to, to build off and, and move forward for and, and really, like I say, starting to look like uh, a team that, you know, we've got individual players um, that we know can do it on the day, but to merge them all together to, to be a team and, and to perform well uh, on the day is something I'm looking forward to develop, developing further. We mentioned O'Malley there, and I think let, let's talk about him. We'll, we'll go on to the goal as well, because obviously he's a big part of that. But I think for me, you mentioned that defence there with Maguire and Honorisa, which obviously brilliant. Clark as well in there, a lot of experience with him. You know, to say O'Malley's what is he nineteen? I think isn't he? Yeah, and he does not look out of place in that defence, does he? And I thought I said this on. I can't remember if it was the last podcast or one of the Matchday Lives, I can't remember, but it was when Junior Brown was injured. Uh, you know, initially that could be quite a worry because, you know, he's, he's a great player. He was brought in to help that defence, had a bit of experience himself, and that would be, you know, a hell of a back four. Clark, Maguire, Honoré Say, and Junior Brown. The fact that he's injured, O'Malley's stepping in there and he doesn't look out of place. He looks like you know, he's been playing with this team for years. You know, I think that's brilliant. And, and as you say, he's a, he's a key part of that goal. And I think the fact that the fullbacks are just overlapping a little bit, they're getting quite high up, which even a couple of weeks ago we weren't seeing. It seemed like they were either being told to or, you know, or maybe it was just part of their game and it was like maybe a lack of confidence in doing it, but they weren't really going much past the halfway line. I think it seemed a lot freer now. And, and let's, let's go on to this first goal that we scored because I think, as for me, I think it, it might be my favourite goal of the season so far, actually. I think it's really good, actually. And it's some nice play. And it's, it's as you say, Matt, a lot of positions are being used uh, in, in order to get this goal. It's, it's really nicely worked. I mean, obviously, it's out wide, I think, initially, isn't it? And then it's into Beeston, who sort of carries it a little bit through to O'Malley. And the, cross is, the cross is perfect, isn't it? It's, it's a brilliant cross. You couldn't ask for better. And then, like I say, Lofts, he's in the right position. He's got the right, right side of the defender, you know, a nice header as well into the goal. It was just a really nicely teamwork goal. I think it was it was a great one to see. Yeah, it was, and and, it, and this is what happens when you have you know a decent amount of quality throughout the team. You're not re- relying on on a bit of magic from one player. Every player can play the part, and it really and it's and it's it's, it's really good work in the centre again by Beeson, isn't it? Because he's won the fifty fifty ball again, and he's turned you know what what would you would expect would be defence to attack in, in a matter of seconds and, and he's picked the right pass and you know it's found its it's, it's way out to O'Malley on the left and it's it's a hell of a cross isn't it again he's got such a good left foot for, for such a young lad and it's 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 not great defending but Loft he's, he's he's really trying to get into that that little pocket of space isn't he he just beats his marker into it and and the, the cross is so good that he arrives at the right time and the ball basically arrives in his head and all he has to do is just guide it into the top corner and it's it's a really good header the keeper has no chance and it's it's, it's a great goal and it's not the sort of goal you'd expect us to, to, to score, you know, score really in the season. It's, it's a good way to start and that's after a kind of sustained period of pressure from Orient as well and it's it's just us being a little bit patient and it's, it's just, it is just generally that bit of quality and, and it is broke the deadlock and it's, it's, it's a top, top team goal really. 
Well, do you mention the cross there? And I think it is worth a look because, as we say, it's it's a near enough a perfect ball in, isn't it? But it's it's just good to see that we are able to get balls into the box like that now, you know, because we've not really done that. Even this season, we've not really done that too much. You know, it's usually Issa or, or Gilead and they're having a run and it's, it, or maybe, you know, it, it's it's a cross along the ball. They've talked about Gilead's end product and obviously Issa, he, he favours the run, doesn't he, as opposed to the cross. Certainly his corners on Tuesday night uh, speak to that. But it was, it, it's great that O'Malley as well, young lad, brilliant cross on him. I, I hope we see a bit more of this going forward, you know, and, and maybe, maybe Clark can do that. Cause I think he's, he's got a cross on him as well, hasn't he? And, and but potentially Roe, you know, I don't know necessarily if he has or not, but I, I would like to see fullbacks a little bit further forward as they were in this game and just balls into the box like that. Cause I think we have actually got a bit of height in, in as a team, haven't we? So, you know, let's utilize that. It just gives us a different, a different dimension, something different to go off us, doesn't it? Like, you, we, I draw back to that that Morecambe game where um, Isa scored the uh, the game before the fantastic effort uh, mm. from Port Vale, and teams sort of know what he's going to do now, don't they? You know, he's going to like you say, he's going to drive down, he's going to try and get inside onto that right foot. Where as with O'Malley now, it gives us something different. You know, you, teams are going to have to say, right, we're going to have to watch Isa, but then you're going to have to watch the overlap from from O'Malley on that that left foot of us. So it's, it's just something different, and it's something nice for us, you know, to try and go forward and to to try and exploit and, and work into the box if loss going to be you know it looks like he's uh, Cox is, is prefer him as his man up front at the moment um he can win a knockdown he can you know he can he can go for goal like he did yesterday perfect header it just gives us something a different dimension to to an attack which is something really exciting you, you know we're so reliant on you would say with McTee with coming forward and, and bringing the ball out beasting now which who can win that tackle and and give it wide so yeah he, he has to keep the the shirt for me for for now and, and, and Scunthorpe really have to you know keep this this back for um the two with Manny on on and, and and Clark and O'Malley moving forward because it's just it, it's so exciting to see and, and and like you said long may it continue hopefully for O'Malley I'm chuffed for him of, of a lad that's only 19 years old he's taking his his opportunity fantastically and uh, like you said with Brown out of the side you started to worry but I'm really made up for him yeah well, I think I think there's a good chance that we will keep this back four because I mean, let's look at it individually. Mane and Onorise, they're they're probably that's theirs now, isn't it? Really, you know, you, I can't see Bedo breaking back into that. Junior Brown, as we know, is out for five or six weeks, so you'd expect it to be O'Malley for at least the next couple of games, certainly. And then obviously Clark's probably the question mark because. He's only just come back. He came off on the Tuesday night, which was obviously management, probably to get him to play this game, which does work. But I've, I have a feeling that, you know, he might be all right now because obviously another great game. He made 90 minutes, but it was the fact that, you know, he was he was given the captain's band yesterday. And obviously we know that he is he's the captain. I mean, whether that was to be on the pitch or club or what, it you know, was remained to be seen. I thought it was just a club thing, but it seems to be an on-the-pitch thing as well because Tuesday night, Gilead was captain. Clark was on the pitch, but he came off, didn't he? I think at, on Saturday against Leighton Orient, the fact that Clark was given the armband, obviously when Gilead was still on the pitch, suggested to me that they, they were quite confident that he was going to make the 90 minutes. Now, whether he can do this you know, week in, week out and twice a week as, as we are playing. I don't know, but I've, I've got a suspicion that that little act, giving him the band and thinking that he was probably going to get the 90 minutes, suggests that he's probably maybe up to fitness or certainly fitter than he's been for a long time. And they're expecting that he is going to play another couple of games now. So I, I've, I've got a feeling that we might have a, a chance of keeping this back for, for quite a while. 
I think we spoke about this, didn't we? Um, just as the game was going on, we were kind of getting to 70, 80 minutes and we kind of expected Clark to come off for a row. Um, but he didn't, of course. And, and you did mention, Brad, that you said he was just saying he's been given the armband. So you can probably expect him to, you know, to be on for 90 minutes. And, and you seem to be right. And, and I think that, you know, whether you know, that that's, was a good idea or not. I mean, it, it's more of a psychological thing, maybe. Be saying, look, you've played 90 minutes now. Well, there was five minutes at a time, weren't you? So it was 95 minutes, really. You've played 95 minutes, um, which is, is good. And, and I didn't expect him to stay on, but he did. But I also probably wouldn't expect him to start on Tuesday night now. Um, but then again, he might. We don't know how far along he is. Um, he, he could start, he could play on Tuesday and, and, you know, he might come off after 70, something like that. But of course, Rose there to deputise and he, he's more than capable, isn't he? Um, but I think that they'll probably be more keen to, if if Clark is, is able to keep him in the starting lineup because obviously Brown's not there and just to keep that extra bit of experience in defence. And, um, you know, of course, you don't want to break up a winning team again, do you? But of course, it's it's, it's going to be fitness based and, and to see how we get on. But I thought that, you know, after the f- initial 15 minutes where I thought we did look a bit leggy, I don't know why, but we, we, we got into it and I didn't really notice any pet players, particularly sort of like blowing a gasket by the end. They all seemed to be all right. I know the pace dropped a little bit because we're two nil up, which probably really, really helped. And um, the intensity dropped a little bit after that, our second goal, didn't it? So um, we were kind of able to maybe just calm down a little bit and sit back a little bit, which is, is what we did in it. And it worked fine because, course we can defend now so we are all right to do that if that's part of the game plan that's is completely viable whereas before it would have been suicide for obvious reasons um so yeah i think so and it'll be interested to see what um kind of starting lineup we get on tuesday night and um, i honestly think there'll probably be a couple of changes in it, in it and it'll just be for fitness um but we'll have to see won't we well, I think before the second goal goes in, I, I think oh, there is a point where Orient do step up a little bit. And obviously, as we've said, you know, Howard makes a couple of good saves, which we were obviously needed. Uh, I think McAtee has a chance a little bit later on as well, doesn't he? So that, that was a chance there. But, uh, you know, whilst they weren't necessarily creating an awful lot, they did have the majority of the possession. Um, they were they were sort of working it around. And that was probably another reason as to why Clark didn't come off because we don't really want to unbalance it and it allows them a way in. Because, I, I mean, I think you, I think you said to, to us in our chat, Matt, didn't you, you know, about maybe, I don't know, 75 minutes or so before the second goal went in anyway, that, you know, you weren't sure that we were going to see this out because I think you, it was sort of the game where you could just see them nicking something really. Yeah, and, and there's always that worry, isn't there, when you're watching Scunthorpe and we have a 1-0 lead. It's just, you know, it's ingrained in you from a young age that, you know, we go into these latter stages of the game and, oh, no, you know, something's going to happen and, and it's going and it's going to go wrong. But, but fortunately for us yesterday, you know, Beeston, nobody's more deserving for me of, of that goal. He's been absolutely superb since he's, he's come into the side. And, you know, a player that was very sceptical about, of course, you know, it was, was it Tad Castralby and he was at before... Um, before he signed for us, you know, and, and, and making a step up um, in, into league football and, uh, and Cox, of course, coming out and saying that uh, he was told he wanted to play number 10. So it's not a position that he's, he's familiar with, but he's, you know, he's, he's excelled fantastically. And, and, and another, you know, uh, example of this, Spence and him that, that share that centre midfield role, uh, an area where all of us Scunthorpe fans thought we was very short uh, come the beginning of the season that we needed uh, a, a more experienced,
experienced head in there, you know, to help us through. But but those two together just seem to complement each other so well as the, as the game's moving forward. If if Beeston goes forward and and will win the ball high up and look to play forward, and then Spence will sit back and just you know and, and monitor in front there. So that, that's another part of the game which I, I think's improved vastly. You know, whether it's something that they've worked on together and they've, they've formed a nice partnership together. Um, it, it, that's really exciting as well from from two you know young young players in the game that again haven't got a lot of uh, of league experience. I know obviously Spence has, has played in Scotland and playing those divisions, but you know it's a different challenge for him coming to play here and, and with us not starting the season obviously so well uh, to turn that around and you know to to keep the shirt for for those two. You know Beeston is one that we for me we have to try and keep hold of a, a, a real solid player and, and showed that in his, his last two games in particular. Um, so yeah, definitely and. and for this team, the only way has to be up. You know, you look at it, three clean sheets and, you know, what's that, four wins, a draw and a loss in our last six. It does really uh, seem like we've turned a corner and we're starting to move forward now. So we'll, we'll see where this goes and hopefully, you know, we, we don't have a, another really bad injury crisis and, and, and rules a lot of players out. So we can see where this move forward for us. Fingers crossed it, it's only up, really. We mentioned Beeston then, and I would agree with you. I think I'm, I'm quite glad he got that goal because it's, I think it was his pro- first professional goal as well, wasn't it? So, you know, it's obviously great for him to get that. Uh, let's just have a look at it. Obviously, I think it's Taylor. He's in the box. He's holding it. Just gets it to Gilead, who sort of passes it to, to Beeston. And then he just sort of puts it on the outside of his foot, doesn't he? He's got that defender on him. And uh, I think I think he shoots because really there's not really much else he can do in that position. There's You know, he's I think it's edge of the box territory, but... There's a lot of defenders in there. Our players are sort of surrounded. There's not really an awful lot he can do with it. So he just sort of hits it, uh, but it's quite nice to hit, but it just sort of rolls through a few defenders and then goes in the bottom corner. I think the keeper is late to it, wasn't it? Because I don't think it was all that fast that it was hit, but uh, obviously, like I say, and you saw his reaction afterwards, you know, he's he's dead pleased with that. And I thought it, it did just just kill the game off didn't it we we got it we needed the second goal and like I said, I'm 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 like you I'm very pleased that it was it was Beeston that got it yeah uh, it, it did it it seemed to take ages to roll in didn't it? I didn't think it was going to make it in then but I think it went through a couple of players and it made it more difficult for the keeper to kind of you know get down to it in time and clearly he didn't um but you know it, it, it was he, he was he's very calm on the ball isn't he which is really nice to see and of course he he just he just drops a shoulder and moves past the defender takes his time over it and kind of picks his spot and I didn't personally think it was going to make it into the corner but it mm-hmm. did and it's a good goal and it's um yeah and, and it's nice for a player who's who's been you know kind of absolutely fundamental to our revival really he's kind of epitomized everything that we needed in the center of midfield that we haven't had for a while you know he, he never stops going does he he almost seems to win every 50-50 ball and I can't remember the last time we saw a player in, in Escanto United shirt who did that you know and he, he never seems to tire and he, he, he's good going forward in, in a sense that he knows the right pass to pick of course we saw that for the for the ball out wide to O'Malley as well um, so he, he's kind of he, he can kind of do everything can't he really um, and I think he, he does well well, with Spence because they're, they're quite similar. They, they do the dirty stuff really, so the players can move forward, and they, they make it the, the job much easier for the defence because there's a lot, you know, a lot less loose balls in the midfield because generally those two will mop it up and will be going in the right direction. Whereas if they're not there, then it puts the defence under pressure straight away. So that's really important to see. And I think that yeah, absolutely, he's, he's been one of our best players um, this season so far. And um, you know, fair play to him. He's, he's not really a goal scorer, is he? So I don't think he'll get many more, you know, this season. But I think that he's performances are still pretty much every week uh, either there or thereabouts in terms of being you know man of the match winning performances so hopefully it'll continue um, but it depends on his, his fitness of course doesn't it so you know he runs himself into the ground every game so he's, he's going to need a rest eventually so we'll have to see where that'll come. 
I mean, it's like we were saying last week when Matt was reading out those mm. stats from Andy. You know, Spence has improved in terms of his stats since playing with Beeston. And it's right, they are forming a really nice partnership. And I think Spence is also worth a mention because I think he just, he just gets on with it, doesn't he? I think often he can be quite unnoticed because of the style of the game that he plays. And he just sort of, he's there in the middle, he controls it. Like Beeston, I think he goes in and he wins them quite a lot. Uh, but he just doesn't seem to be noticed all that much. But it, uh, for me, again, yesterday, another really good performance. And I, I would put him alongside, you know, the likes of Beeston, Howard and O'Malley for, you know, a potential man of the match actually yesterday. Yeah, most definitely. You know, when he receives the ball in those um, central midfield positions, he doesn't look um, out of place at all. He sprays it out uh, well to the wide to keep the to move flowing. But then at the same time, he, good balancing. He knows when to hold. He knows when to you know to stay and, and protect the back line if others are, are pushing forward. So it's like, like I've just said, it's it's a really nice um, centre midfield partnership that that's starting to develop. I know we had uh, Vincent, who was very highly spoke of, wasn't he, when when he came here um, on loan. So whether he will try and force into that, and when he comes back from injury trying you know cover for them who are obviously going to have a lot of games um to play together but yeah the two of them together just seem to complement each other uh, and really well and th- this team just feels like it's got that sort of you know it- it's coming together now players are starting to you know play that well that they're not letting anybody else get a chance or, or get a chance to get into the team to, to take the shirt off them uh, even you know novices and, and have not played a, a lot of league games they're showing experienced performances in, um, in in what we didn't see earlier uh, in the season young bodies on with old heads sort of uh, a region for us so um, it, it, it's really good to see and you know we challenged some of the recruitment um, that, that came in in the summer um, were they going to be good enough obviously there's been a couple uh, Mooney strikes to me as one that just seems to have been cast aside doesn't he and, and moved away quite quickly and doesn't seem part of Cox's plans but Spence is completely at the other end of that spectrum you know um, when he came in we know he was a, a hard hitting loved a hard challenge um, uh, wasn't afraid to get stuck in and, and he, he is like you say he's vital to this uh, to this resurgence for Scunthorpe so far and let's look ahead then because obviously another great win against Leighton Orient this is off the back of the great win against Harrogate you know, momentum is obviously a big thing in football and obviously we're going into another week of Tuesday, Saturday, but as you were saying earlier on, Matt, probably fairly reasonable chances for this one. I mean, certainly South End. Is Colchester a rearranged game? Is it one of our game in hands? I'm not. I can't remember. I've got a feeling it might be. I think it might be. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not yeah. completely sure. I think Salford was the other team, definitely. But I've, I've got, a, and we've already played Port Vale. I think that was the other one. But I, I think this one might be the, the game in hand. So you know, w- w- when these games are coming up, Salford and Colchester, you know, Salford obviously being the other game in hand. We, we, we want to get something from them. And you win those game in hands, it shoots you right up the table, doesn't it? And then all of a sudden, you're not in this relegation fight, which I, I don't think we are anymore, really. I know we're still down there, but certainly you beat South End next Saturday. And, you know, that, that's great. We, we're now looking at talking about, you know, mid-table and, and safety and things like that. We're not getting drawn into that fight. And really, you want, we could do with another two you know, decent wins this week to, for momentum. Just just going into Grimsby as well for the week after. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, I, I think we can probably safely say we, we have turned the corner now. We're not really sort of in, in any danger of dropping into the relegation zone. I think we're kind of looking up the table now, and it's it's a it's a really good opportunity, isn't it? Because it's it's two games on paper that we should that we should be winning given the form at the minute. So Colchester, they're the ninth at the minute. Um, they're on 24, and we're on uh, 17. Um, and, and their forms kind of hit and miss. I think they're on one drawn, lost, drawn, one, and obviously we're on one drawn, lost, one, one. So 
very very similar form tables for both of us at the minute but I think at home and now we've you know finally got our first win at home since since September I think it was against Orient and a good performance against an excellent team um you know I think you knew when, when after the first 15 minutes we, we were in a game weren't we we needed to play well to get anything out of it and we did in the end so I think that we'll probably have to do the same against Colchester but um, I'm sure I, I read that Grimsby pretty much barred him for, for long periods um you know and obviously lost thankfully but <clears throat> It's, it's the way it is, and I think that you know that and, and Southend being as bad as they are, they're, they're at the foot of the table on, on six points, um, and and looking well, they are adrift really. They're, they're what they're, they're seven points adrift, so it's you know it's, it's two games that we need to look at and, and think you know we should be winning. And, and as you said, I think it probably is one of our games in hand. Um, it is. So, I've just checked. It's because the only <laughs> games on Tuesday are us versus Colchester and Grimsby versus Newport. So obviously, they are game in hand as well, don't they? Yeah. So I mean, looking at those, you you. <laughs> win those two hypothetically you rocketed straight into mid table um you know you're going to be sitting around 13 14 15th you know given what other results are obviously but it's it's a it's a it's a huge turnaround obviously we were in the relegation zone weren't we and we were looking awful so um it's it's two very winnable games and and hopefully the the fitness is, is the fitness levels are there for that and then obviously we we've, we've got to be looking forward to the Grimsby game and and because the team's performing well enough and we're scoring goals, it gives Kev a little bit more time to recover and, and get back to fitness before we have to play him against Grimsby. So, you know, what, what Grimsby is on the 19th, I believe. Yeah, there is there is yep. a game in before then as well. We play Barrow on the Tuesday. So it would not surprise me if he if Kev maybe plays some part of the Barrow game. Maybe that's if he starts and comes off after 60 or 70 or he comes on against 20 and 30 minutes under his belt or something like that before Grimsby because you think if he's fit you would think he's going to start against Grimsby. I think it's, it's not just the fact that it, you know, he's obviously one of our better players, but it's that kind of history he's got with, with Holloway and you know he's going to be fired up for it and it gives it a bit of extra spice, doesn't it? And it's something that you know, we, we need to ensure he, he starts really because he's, he's going to be well up for it, isn't he? And, and yeah. you know what Kev's like. So, um, you know, it's quite interesting. And, and yeah, the form has given us that, that kind of extra time to, to make, basically wait and make sure Kev's right. And hopefully that's that's going to help as well because, you know, as we said at the minute, we're playing really well without our best player. So um, it, it bodes well. But the next two games, we, we should be trying to win them, I think. Yeah, and I definitely. think if we get maybe four points out of them, we can be pleased with that as well. Uh, right, let's just start to, to round off then. Um, we thought for this episode that we just, we'd take a look at the, some of the contracts because we, we mentioned this previously and then we, we were quite interested in how many players are under contract or who who's going to who would potentially leave in in the summer and things like that, uh, and then so we, we you know, like I say we had a look, and this is just off the transfer index, but it's it was quite alarming, wasn't it? I mean, we had a look at this, and it is our it's the full squads listed. It's you know players like Tom Pugh and, and that as well. They're all listed. Um, players under contract to 2022. There's only six of them, and everybody else expires in the summer. And those players are loft. Spence, Honorise, Hippolyte, Dunvald Turan and Jarvis. So, I mean, I knew a lot of them were going to be up in the summer, but I didn't think it was this many. It's definitely alarming, isn't it? Um, it, it, it screams Scunthorpe United um, for us to, to, to be in this position where we are now and, and for something like this to just go, you know, catastrophically wrong or have the potential to and us, you know, have no players it needs tidying up. Uh, it needs to be done uh, sooner rather than later, doesn't it? And obviously, you know, agents are going to be, oh, well, he's, he's playing well at the moment. He's, he's getting short. They'll be taught. But it, it's something Swan has to, you know, he has to deal with and he just has to put it to bed uh, there and then. We, we've got a real young, um, exciting team that's coming through now. I know um, I saw a stat this week that, you know, we, we've got what is it? I think we've got, is it the youngest 
side in the in the division currently. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you know for the future looking forward, you know whether it's going to be that this team develops and obviously I understand that you know there's going to be players that are going to move on that. That's, that's obviously going to happen. There's going to be players that are going to see suitors from, from higher divisions and, and there's a couple in there that, that may attract that attention, but they need to be tied down for now and to be Scunthorpe United players. Uh, I know we've touched on him earlier, but O'Malley is the first one which strikes me for it. For only 19 years old and to be producing, producing sorry, performances like that with, with a fantastic left foot, he's, he's obviously going to attract um, suitors from, from higher divisions. McAtee again is one that with potential. Gilead could obviously play at a, a, a higher level. So, you know, the, it, Scunthorpe seem to do this always towards the end of the season and say, no, you, you'll go through. But this season feels different and it's something that we you know we, we need to, to knock on the head, brush under the carpet. It needs to be sorted, you know, behind closed doors. Like, like, let's get all these contracts tied up and, you know, really, really hammer these players down for, for two or three years. And obviously the, the COVID situation doesn't help that at all. I can understand why it has come to this and, uh, and there's players that are, that are running short on deals and, and don't have anything. But this, this is the way football, you know, it has to be. And we've not, in the future, obviously we know how much it's hindered us uh, this, with contracts looming and, and it's not been dealt with. So it, it needs sorting and it, it'll have to be sorted um, for the sake of the football club, obviously, quickly. Well, it's difficult though, isn't it? I mean, you look at, well, this is obviously going to come into effect in January, really, isn't it? Because obviously that's the window before the summer. It's, it's a real tough situation as to, as to what do you do? You know, do you, is there the money to give people new deals? That there probably isn't. When we go back to this grant, you know, if you're part of that 20 million thing, there will be further caps onto, you know, who we can sign, who we can bring in, things like that. You know, do you cash in on some players, get some money for them now, but risk upsetting the, you know, the structure of the team and the work that's going well at the minute? it you know i mean if if we if we then just just keep them and don't sell them potentially they just leave on a free in the summer it, there's there's lots of factors to it and it's it's an unenviable situation really i wouldn't want to be having to make these decisions this is you know this is an incredibly um, important time for the club and i think that the the usual um kind of policy of nobody gets a contract until the summer is probably not going to do as much fa- many favours here really um, it, it, it kind of we're on a knife edge really as you said because we've got so many players that can leave in the summer they may want to <clears throat> they may want to run their contracts down um, until the summer and just go on a free but also then we don't want to risk that happening so we may end up selling a couple of our best players in January just to get some cash back into the club which may well happen but just looking at this list of players who are out of contract I'm just going to go through it actually because I think you know, looking at this at length, so to speak, is just going to help um, kind of, um, you know, sort of explain the magnitude of the problem we've got and we're probably going to have in the summer. So Howard's contract expires in the summer. Roy Watson's contract expires in the summer. Adam Kelsey's contract expires in the summer. Tom Collins is gone in the summer. Badeau's contract expires in the summer. Magai's contract expires in the summer. Um, Charlie Barks's contract expires in the summer. Juna Brown's contract expires in the summer. Butroid expires in the summer. O'Malley expires in the summer. Clark expires in the summer. Gyro expires in the summer. Hornshaw expires in the summer. Um, Tom Pugh as well. Um, I keep going down the list. There's a couple of, um, you know, kind of youth players that I suppose don't really matter. No, no disrespect to them. They're we'll getting a team at the minute. Um, Jordan Holland's <laughs> contract goes in the summer. Beeston goes in the summer. Dales goes in the summer. Issa goes in the summer. Gilead goes in the summer. Green goes in the summer. McAtee goes in the summer. Kev goes in the summer. You know, Mooney goes in the summer. I don't think we'll lose any sleep over that. Um, obviously, Alamola as well. Um, you know, and a few kind of youth players who've been kind of in and around the bench, you know, given the um, 
when we've been playing kind of the, the whatever the hell it's called now, the paint trophy thing, um, you know, but just going through that list and that's a complete list. And, you know, this is, this is serious stuff. We've, we've got nobody signed up for next year. There's only a few. Of course, Honorise is, is, is was signed, so he's going to be until the year after. Well, it's um, those six, isn't it? It's <laughs> Loft, Spence, Manny, Hippolyte, Dunvalteran and Jarvis. As they, they are literally the ones under contract. That's it. Exactly. And, and only maybe two of those would you want to keep. Three. Spence, <laughs> Loft, Honorise. Yeah, me. fair enough. Do we have any but, extensions on any of them? Sorry. I've not. Well, it... that does, obviously, this, this list doesn't tell you that, but I'm pretty sure we right. have got options on some of them, but I, I can't tell you at the minute. Um, I know McAtee was the one we exercised in the, yeah. in the summer, wasn't it? So he is definitely one that will be um, out of contract. And to lose him would be be catastrophic someone that's probably worth you know he's, and he's got high suitors in the, in, in the divisions his, his value will be will be one of the most but yeah that leaves us right down to the bare bones doesn't it so it, Swan's going to have to deal with this and it's going to have to be done you know very quickly you know or else we're not going to be left with anything so surely it's something which he must know and you know to not have that many players you'd hope players. so wouldn't you I mean, <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> no, of course, course. No. I mean there'll yeah. be plans in place at the minute you'd think so I mean yeah. like, ideally you want to leave it for a couple of weeks before Christmas hopefully the performance level are maintained so we can just say look the players have put a hell of a shift into turners around and we, you know hopefully we'll get another two or three wins you know before Christmas and, and it can say look right because of this situation, I've, I've got to start offering these players um, contracts. And I think Howard's got to be one of those, you know. And Beeston. Yeah, Beeston. You've got other players like O'Malley. You want to keep Charlie Barks. You probably want to keep, I know he's not been in and around the team, but he's, he's, he's very highly um, kind of thought of. You know, I think Junior Brown as well. You can probably let Butchard go. But I it's, think just, it's just the fact, though, that you, we might want them, but we generally just might not be able to in the sense that... Well, this is it. We, we, the we don't know if the budget's there or not, but I suppose if we can maintain the same terms that they're on now, there's, there's going to be a chance. I mean, you want to keep Rowe as well, don't you, of course? Um, and then, you know, a few others, obviously, you're going to want to keep. You, maybe you want to keep Gilead. I think that's probably yeah. He'd be a big oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, Gilead's yeah. possibly a player of the season so far. Exactly. And I, I, I think I don't think we can do much with Issa. Um I, I personally can't see Kev staying, unfortunately. Um, and then apart from that, I think we're just going to have to look at. You know, hopefully our, our new chief scout is 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 got is um you know got enough about him to to be able to bring enough players in in over the summer. And I, I don't know what kind of business we'll be doing in January either, because yeah, so it's 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 an incredibly difficult one. And and knowing how 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 badly we sort of perform in January in terms of contracts and and results and things like that, we've got this impending catastrophe going on. I think that Swan needs to get it right because you know this again could be whether or not we have a relatively successful season. Um, yeah, so it's, it's 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 something we need to get right this time, and that that we have failed to get right in the past. Well, January is definitely obviously going to be key, isn't it? And that, I mean that that's why I was sort of having a look at this. It was just and genuinely interesting to see who was under contract and who we might look to move on and things like that in in the transfer window that is obviously only a couple of weeks away now, isn't it? Um, but let's leave it there, though. I think. I mean, obviously it's worth reiterating just going back to the on the field stuff it's it's great at the minute isn't it another fantastic win another great week of football actually so all the right steps to take you know that momentum into the next week with colchester and south end which as you say i think are pretty you know we got a good chance against them you win those two games and then you know we're looking completely different aren't we although i think we are already i think certainly we're, we're going in the right direction anyway aren't we uh so thank you very much for listening to this we will be back probably next sunday i imagine there'll be a match day live on tuesday before the colchester game that'll be about half past six starting but like i say thank you very much for listening to this and we'll see you next time 
At Tiger Self Storage, we offer both commercial and domestic storage to allow us to cater to all your storage requirements. We care about our clients, and that is why we offer up to six weeks free storage for all new clients. Our facility has state-of-the-art security with 24-hour CCTV, an alarmed and gated property, and personal access codes for maximum security. We also sell high-quality storage merchandise at low prices. If you're looking for storage for moving home, general decluttering, or maybe even storage for your business, Tiger Self Storage has a unit for you. For a free quote, visit our website, tiger-storage.co.uk. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.